Hello. Um, do you do package tours to Australia? Uh, yes, of course. Great. Uh, I'd like to go there to scatter my dad's ashes. He was Australian. OK, and, and you're sure you wouldn't want to scatter them somewhere else? Uh, France, maybe? No, I want to take them back to Jubalawala Creek. Are you sure? It, it, it's horrible. The spiders are like dinner plates. I'll cope. So you're absolutely positive that you want to go to Australia? Yes. OK. Meet me around the back in three minutes. What? Wait, what are you doing? Is that you? Is that a fake moustache? No, it's a real moustache, it's just not mine. Now listen, you can't go and scatter your father's ashes in Australia because Australia doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Australia is made up. That's insane. What about the Sydney Opera House? You've got a model of it in your window. That's not a model. But I've got photos of my dad in Australia. Photoshop, think about it, the place names. Jawilla Walla Creek? Walla Walla Springs, does that sound real to you? Perth? My brother went there on holiday. No, he didn't. If you go out to Australia, you're taken to a secluded resort in the south of France. There's a beach, a hot tub, a barbecue. You have a lovely time, but you just have to tell your friends, family, everyone that you went to Australia. This is crazy. We give you a pack. It contains an Adelaide fridge magnet, a T-shirt with a shark on it, and a book of shit anecdotes. It is watertight. My brother brought back an Adelaide fridge magnet. And his anecdotes were shit. What if I blow the whistle? Then you never come back. Yeah? What will you tell my family? Deep vein thrombosis, cremated at sea. So, do you want to go to France or not? Not. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. What's that in your back? A black boomerang? That was meant for you. Run! Run, you pretty fool, run! Welcome to the Independent British Cinema Theme Park. The Kes Film Ride is now open. Experience life as the eponymous Kestrel. Fly around the Yorkshire Dales before being punched to death by a fat northern teenager. Darling, I managed to get tickets. Don't play around, Alan. This means too much to me. No, I mean it. Alan, I can't believe it. You, me and 15,000 others all at the O2 Arena to see the old BBC News team back together for the first time live on stage. Moira Stewart, Anna Ford, Michael Burke. It's the classic lineup. And they haven't even announced the support act yet. <laughs> but I think we all know that Michael Fish must have got the phone call. Oh, I love you, Alan. <laughs> I love you too, Babs. Apparently the night kicks off with Kate Hady descending from the ceiling in a flat jacket, getting shot at like in Bosnia. Brilliant moment. They were such a gang. They were so damn tight. If Michael Burke does Ethiopia 84, I am going to be crying like a baby and I don't care who knows it. That's not his best work, though. His description of life in apartheid in 83, in the Navy V-neck, patterned tie on a patterned shirt. But it didn't matter. Just magnificent. Wait, yeah, it's good broadcasting, but the Ethiopia stuff is his best. I disagree. If you look at the apartheid stuff again, he was at the top of his game. Fluid, authoritative, never losing his sense of news. Ethiopia is an obvious choice. What are you saying? I don't think you really get Burke. You arsehole. You're an arsehole. <laughs> Shall I let you into a secret, Alan? Um, do you remember the time we won a charity auction and we got to go and watch Michael Burke read the Lunchtime Bulletin? Yes. Yeah, and afterwards... I went to his dressing room while you spoke to Anna Ford about being a correspondent in Belfast. Yes, she said it was the second lowest point of her career, after being romantically linked to Des Lynam. Yeah, I made love to him, Alan. I let Michael Burke take me. And while we made love, I got him to describe the conditions in Robben Island. Oh, God. And I loved it. Of course he did. The man's a modern-day Hercules. And every time we're together, Alan, in bed, it's him I'm thinking about. 
So I think I get Burke more than you could have ever imagined. Even when we're down in the caravan? <laughs> Especially in the caravan. <gasps> and you know what's going to happen when we go CO2? Afterwards, we'll all be waiting outside for autographs, and then I'll disappear for a few minutes. And do you know what I'll be? I'll be with Michael. <gasps> servicing my prince. Oh, God. The prince of news. <gasps> Mr. Jones. Have you got an appointment? I'm actually just uh, closing up. I'm not here for financial advice. What? I am here to kill you. Wait! Did Blenkinsop send you? Blenkinsop, that bastard! Whatever he's offering, I'll double it. He's offering me £10,000. Right, I, I, I can't actually double that. Prepare to die. But I can triple it. Long term. How? I take it he's already given you half the money up front? Yes, £5,000. Good. Okay. If I put up £3,000 of my own money and combine it with his £5,000, we've got a lump sum of 8K. I suggest we take that 8K and we put it into government bonds. This isn't a pyramid scheme. Absolutely not. Read the card. I'm a chartered financial advisor. I know who you are. I'm here to kill you. Oh, of, of course you do. Sorry, my mistake. Look, you won't have to pay base rate income tax on the 8K and your capital gains liability on any growth will be zero, right? So, so we're looking at long-term returns of 8 9%. So we're talking... Take your hand out of your pocket. You're looking at interest of 20 grand over five years. Why don't I take his money and invest it in the same way? Because I'm not just offering money, I'm offering expertise. Are you VAT registered? Not yet, I keep meaning to. Do it, you'll save hundreds. Have you declared that silence? I didn't think I could. Of course you could, it's work expense. <sighs> and this body bag, I'm assuming that's for my corpse? Yes. Again, it's claimable. The hunting dagger around your neck. Do you still have a receipt for it? I prized it from my dead brother's hand. Probably best you don't mention that to HMRC. Okay. Okay. So, all together, you're looking at really quite an attractive portfolio. Blackensop cannot offer you this. Hmm, but it seems easier to just blow the back of your head off. Wait! Wait! We'll incorporate as a company. I'll take on the admin. You can be the sole shareholder. I'll even bring you clients. Right now, for example, our first job, Blinkins up. I want him dead. All I need for myself is a, 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 a 10% commission. Ah, by me! Ah, okay, 6%. Ah, 3%. Ah, okay. We'll negotiate my fee at a later date. But do we have a deal? We have a deal. Pam's Neighbourhood Watch Audio Diary, May 5th. Number five had put their rubbish out too early again. To make a point about how the bin bags would inevitably be torn apart by seagulls and foxes, I crept out under the cover of darkness, tore open the bags, threw rubbish all over the drive and defecated on the garden. It'll show them. Welcome to the independent British cinema theme park. Looking for a bit of peace and quiet? Why not drop off your kids at the Borstal Playpen? When you pick them up, they'll have learned some harsh lessons about man's inhumanity to man. I don't understand. How could a crocodile have eaten him? He was crocodile trained. We think the crocodile in question skipped lunch, although it's not clear why. Either way, when Greg got in the pen, it gave chase. But Greg ran in a zigzag, surely? That's the only piece of crocodile training that there is. He ran in a zigzag, yes, but a very wide and shallow zigzag, oh. which meant he was just repeatedly running back into the path of the crocodile, who was sauntering in a straight line. Alison must have taken 17 chunks off him before he finally stopped. Alison! The crocodile. She's in solitary for the time being. Oh, Greg. 
He gave up, didn't he? He stopped. No, no. He'd had 17 chunks of him bitten off by a crocodile. When you consider the first two chunks were his legs, it's amazing he carried on at all. He was quite dead after chunk 17. Actually, I think he was dead at chunk 16 because the 17th chunk wasn't fleeing, it more sort of rolled. But in a zigzag. A slow, wide, shallow, fatal zigzag, yes. Please at least tell me that from now on, everyone will be trained to run in narrow zigzags. Let that be Greg's legacy. Of course, but um, at the moment our training facility is too wide for that. What do you mean? <laughs> just a joke, just trying to... Oh, okay. <laughs> Try yes, those crocodile tears. Oh, there you are. Alligator you for that. <laughs> there she is. You see, it doesn't all have to be doom and gloom, does it? <laughs> Misery guts. Oh, I hope you're hungry. I'm always hungry for your cooking, Mum. <laughs> so anyway, um, look, the, the weirdest thing's been happening. No travel agent will sell me a ticket to Australia. Oh, probably best to leave it then. That's all right for you to see. You went last year. You've seen all the sites. Ayers Rock, the Great Barrier Reef, that street where they film Neighbours. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, John. <laughs> the spiders are the size of dinner plates. That's what everyone says. But what the hell even is a dinner plate? Any any plate is a dinner plate when you put dinner on it. Calm down, John. I just want to know the truth. Tell me about Dad. Oh, what is there to say? He wore a hat with corpse hanging off it. He said, look, at the beginning of sentences. He was a classic Australian. Was he, though? Was he really Australian? Your father was born in Jawilawala Creek. It doesn't even sound like a real place. I, I don't like what you're implying, John. I've heard a rumour and I'm starting to believe it. I think Australia is made up. I think Dad was lying to us. I think I'm going to blow this whole thing wide open. I suggest you calm down and just eat your dinner. Mum? What's that black hairy spindly thing exactly covering the circumference of my dinner plate? Oh my God. Spider! I'm sorry, John, but this is bigger than both of us. Oh, John, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but I'm going to have to leave it on your face. Look out, mate. Who said that? Let's get that spider off that delicate flower of a face. Thank you. Thank you. Who are you? I'm Barry Humphreys. Come with me. You haven't got much time. Pam's neighbourhood watch audio day, May 6. People from number five came round to show me a video of me soiling their garden. Tit for tat, I said. Tit for tat. And showed them a dossier of evidence detailing the incident when their daughter put a pizza box in my bin. Threw jam jars at them till they went away. Some people. Hello, weeklyanyone.com. Yes, we can kill him for you today. Have you heard about our two for ones? Sorry, sorry, can I put you on hold? Hello, weeklyanyone.com. Yes, we can kill her for you today. Sorry, can I just put you on hold? Alan, we're going to need a receptionist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're right, because we're doing so well. Give give me a hug. (laughs) You were in my personal space then. And the award for best startup goes to WeKillAnyone.com. Hello, WeKillAnyone.com. I'm sorry, all our assassins are busy today. If you leave us your details, we will try to get back to you as soon as possible. I'm afraid there are five deaths in front of You are not going to believe this. What? I have just got off the phone with Pete Sampras. He's our first ever celebrity client, right? He wants us to kill some douchebag called Jeremy Bates for something he said about his serve in 1998. This is going to be massive for our PR. Alan, 
we're going to need a bigger office. <laughs> right, you know, we are. <laughs> ah, God! You're using my mug. Jesus! Just, just do that slightly less often. Shares in WeKillAnyone.com are soaring today with the news of their takeover of Google. Business analysts are excited at the prospect of what might happen. Our newest dragon is Assassin Supremo Alan Jones, whose bespoke murder business was floated for over £60 million last year. Believe you me, I know a killer pitch when I hear it, and I can tell you that that wasn't one. In fact, I'm rather tempted to have you assassinated. You wanted to see me? I'm just on my way out to feed a postman through a wood chipper. Look, HMRC have been trying to get at us for years, that's no secret. Well, they finally found something. You made a claim for tax relief on a body bag 12 years ago. The target was never actually assassinated, which means the claim is bogus. We need to close the job. What was the target code name? Operation Kill That Fat Guy. That was you. Me? Oh, oh <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> you know, you never actually did kill me, did you? That was, uh... Well, look, I'm sure we can just sweep this one under the carpet, isn't You've it? always said never cross HMRC. Well, there are exceptions, and I think if, if we make a little exception here, we'll, we'll probably get a £300 fine. They, 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 they don't tend to take these things too seriously if, 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 if the amount is... You know, I mean, bearing in mind, I'm retiring next month. Clean bookkeeping means a clean conscience, your words. Please! Look, come on, I've done so much for you over the years. I mean, it'd be churlish for you to shoot me in the face after all we've been through. And how, how are you going to do your tax affairs without me? I have a new accountant now. Hello, Alan. Blenkinsop, this was your plan all along. I let out. I hate your tie. Welcome to the independent British cinema theme park. You'll scream, you'll cry, you'll gnash your teeth. The British Comedy Film Zone is now open. Pam's Neighbourhood Watch Audio Diary, May 9th. So Gladys from number 10 putting her recycling in my bin blew me down with a feather. I was furious. I know the recycling bins are not marked with house numbers. Thank you, local council. Should I be paying my council tax? No, I shan't. But by proximity alone, it is obviously mine. I set fire to her car to send her a warning. Wake up, John. I sucked out most of the venom. You won't be able to feel that resplendent face of yours for a few hours, but you'll make it. Barry Humphreys? Yes, or you might know me as one of my other creations. Dame Edna Everidge, Clive James, Jermaine Greer. You play all Australians? Most of them. Daniel Day-Lewis picks up some of the slack. So it's true. There is no Australia. Why do you play along? I'm an actor. It's work. I don't ask too many questions. Why invent a whole continent? There are lots of theories. Some say that in the 18th century, convicts were simply pushed into the sea, so the government had to make up a cover story. Others say Australia was just a foreign office panto that got out of control. What about my father? Who knows? The conspiracy's got more branches than a eucalyptus tree would have if it wasn't a made-up tree. Why did you save me? My shrimp's nearly cooked. I'm sick of the lies. I want you to blow this wide open. I've got a dossier here. Take it to the editor of the newspaper with the biggest circulation you can find. This stuff is incredible. Ayers Rock is just a photo of the back of a sofa. 
The koala started out as an idea for a children's backpack. What's this? That's a parliamentary document from 1772 explaining the etymology of the word Australia. It comes from the German Ost, meaning confident, and the Greek alien, meaning wearing shorts. A diagram of the inside of a kangaroo. It's got a joystick. They're driven by retired jockeys. Thank you, Barry. Goodbye. Goodbye. Son. <laughs> oh, my little possum, even though it's a made-up animal. <laughs> Pam's neighbourhood watch audio diary, May 11th. Children smoking in the turning circle again, I strolled right through the cancerous miasma and said, well, if you like smoking one cigarette, let's see how you like eating an entire pack of cigars. The ringleader's mother came round earlier talking about the police. Well, let's see how fast the police come tonight when I dig up the roses. Welcome to the independent British cinema theme park. Is Jim Broadbent here? Of course he is. Mmm. Mmm. lovely tagine. Thanks. This is my first ever tagine. No way. Yeah, I thought I was really going to cock it up. Oh, I thought you'd cocked it down, if anything. Thank you. Do you think a Moroccan would eat it? Can we stop talking about tagine for a minute and talk about my deceitful husband? Oh. Well, what's Simon done now? So on Wednesday night, we're on the sofa. we just finished eating a tagine. I can't believe I'd never heard of a tagine till yesterday. Pam, please. I'm trying to pour my heart out about my deceitful pig of a spouse. Sorry. Yes. It was 8pm, so you know what time that is. Next time. No, Pam. Of course not. Watchdog starts at 8pm on Wednesday. I, I know that. And we're watching it. It's all been teed up. There's going to be a feature about the far-fetched promises made by energy drinks with Chris Hollins. And Anne Robinson has just emerged wearing chaps in order to present a section about Britain's worst cowboy builders. Consummates. Yeah. Simon turns to me and he says, You know what? I've never really liked Anne Robinson. No. Yeah. 11 years of marriage, three children, two cars, three dogs. And he never thought to tell me this. Bastard. Tell me about Simon it. Simon is a bastard. Yes. So I said to him, who else would you have present Watchdog? Do you know what he said to me? Oh, don't make me say it, Celia. Oh, this bastard just came out no. of it. No! Gary Lineker. Oh, I'll go and make up a spare room. Oh, please. Welcome to the independent British cinema theme park. Chill out and sunbathe on the Shane Meadows. But careful, there are a lot of used needles out there and a charismatic skinhead who will eventually betray you. Jesus. Not quite, although I do have a bit of a foot fetish. <laughs> oh, George, hi. Yeah, I'm in a bit of a rush, actually. You want to Jesus, you want, you want Yeah, I got it. Look, look George, I've, I've got to go, that so... In the shop, wasn't it? How have you been? Fine. Thanks, George. How are you? Not bad. We finally got the Lofton version done, and Johnny's 11 now. Can you believe it? 11. Was he 10 last year? Yes. Then yes, I can believe it. It's incredible. You guys should come and visit make a weekend of it. I'd love to show you the new ensuite. Sure, sure. Well, I'll check in my diary. Go on, then. Oh, I think I left it at home, so... Uh... Right, it's on your phone. Pardon? Right, it's 2014, isn't it? So, so, so your diary's on your phone. So if you say, I need to check my diary in 2014, it means you can do it right now. <sighs> OK. You're half right. Spot on about the phone, but... If you say I need to check my diary in 2014, it means I'd rather chew my own ears off than do what you're suggesting. Uh, oh, I see. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be the whole weekend. Does it? You just swing by for lunch? I need to check with Leslie. Go on, then. <sighs> Leslie? Yeah? Do you want to go and have lunch with George and Anna? I need to check my diary. Oh. Clear? 
Great, well maybe see you for a drink. Maybe play some snooker, get the kids around for some volleyball. There's a tram museum at home I want to look at. What's going on? Where's my husband? Mrs. Dillon, I'm afraid your husband was killed as a result of an encounter with a grizzly bear. No, no! I'm sorry. But you were supposed to give him training about what to do. We did, madam, and he followed the instructions to a T. As soon as the bear approached, he curled up into a ball and played dead. The bear sniffed him, then moved on. We were very proud of him. What went wrong? He played dead so convincingly that he was eaten by vultures. What are you meant to do if you were attacked by vultures? I'm afraid your husband hadn't paid for that specific training. But if you're interested, it's somewhere in between the jellyfish strangle and the angry panda shuffle. We usually charge £45 for the class, but I can give you a family bereavement discount. And seeing as it's you, and earlier today I saw your husband torn apart by birds, I'll throw in a bonus day in the stampede simulator. Oh, thank you. I came in feeling terrible about my husband, but, you know, every cloud and all that, um... Put me down for next week. Okay, look forward to seeing you then, Mrs. Dillon. And remember, the lesson of today is it's possible to play dead a little too well. <laughs> I just hope my husband is uh, just pretending, eh? He isn't. He's definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't care if he wants an injunction, okay? I want the story on my desk by five o'clock or you'll be writing the concise crossword on the People's Gazette. Get, come in. Hi, I'm John Flinders. Uh, thanks for seeing me. You got my dossier? Yes, I had a look at it. Gonna run it on the front page? Blow the whole Australia conspiracy wide open? We won't be publishing the dossier. So you're in on this too? Oh, don't be ridiculous. Oh. A shrimp just fell out of your pencil case. It's a shame you had to get involved in this, John. The black boomerang. You're pretty, so I'll give you a five-minute head start. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're coming for you, you gorgeous idiot. Welcome to the independent British cinema theme park. For anyone feeling too cheerful this afternoon, please make your way over to the Imelda Staunton Zone for the crying parade. Pam's Neighbourhood Watch Audio Diary, May 19th. Have rigged my bins with explosive. If anyone tries to slip in as much as a solitary sweet dapper, they'll be blown sky high. It's my bin, it's mine! Right, I'm off to the loo. And uh, by the time I come back, let's be ready to order. Uh, all right, love. <laughs> Mum, is everything okay? Yeah, fine. Uh, I mean, no. What's going on? I was going to wait for your sister to come back from her salad bar, but I, I can't sit on this. It's your father. Is he okay? This morning, I accidentally opened a letter with his name on it. I know I shouldn't have, but inside I found this. What the...? It's a number 5017. What does it mean? He's signed up to do a marathon. No. Yes, love. Oh, God, no. I, I thought he was happy. So did I, but he's doing a marathon, so he clearly feels his life is completely pointless. I don't think any of us saw this coming. But he's got so much going on. The church, the cricket club. That cell bar's incredible. Look at this art chuck. What's wrong? It's Dad, Karen. What's happened? Is it his blood pressure again? No, if anything, the general state of his health has improved quite markedly. That's great. Karen, he's training for a marathon. Oh, God, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah we should have seen this coming. His calves, I should have known. It's massive calves. We can't blame ourselves. Who else should we blame? Mo shitting Farrah. Calm down, Flynn. Do you 
think he still loves me? I'm sorry, Mum. It's unlikely. No. Here he comes. Like, just remember, he's still your dad, even with massive calves. Don't say anything. Right. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to order. I'm going to have a bloody big plate of pasta carbonara. <laughs> Stocking up on carbs, are you? Flint, don't. No, let him speak. If you've got something to say, son, say it to my face. 26.2 miles. What? Silver foil blanket. <laughs> I don't think I like what you're insinuating. You're training for a marathon. I'm not training for a marathon. So, why are they disappearing for hours on end, coming home all wet in the face and sweaty? I'm having an affair. <gasps> oh, that doesn't explain why your calves are suddenly so muscly. Paula is extremely demanding. All right, I feel like I'm doing a marathon, but it's it's purely sexual. But what about these nipple guards I found under your pillow? Nipple chafing like that only happens during long distance running. And certain permutations of the wheelbarrow position. I would never do a marathon. I'd have no time to see you or Mrs. Radcliffe. Paula. Wait. Were you going to say Mrs. Radcliffe? No. You're, you're having an affair with Paula Radcliffe. Oh, it's the so, double whammy. Oh, this is it. Oh, no. This is it. This is the end. Quiet. I can't believe it. Bam's Neighbourhood Watch audio diary, May 20th. Bit of a ruckus this morning. The bin lorry took the brunt of the blast, but Semtex is Semtex and Andy the bin man lost a leg. Luckily it flew into next door's garden, so they didn't have to dispose of it in my bin. Small mercies. Welcome to the independent British cinema theme park. Why not take your special someone down the Tyrannosaur Tunnel of Love that quickly turns into the Tunnel of Domestic Abuse? Take a photo on the way in and another one on the way out covered in cold gravy and hot piss. The spot where Australia should be. We're here? This is Australia? This is the GPS coordinate for Australia. There's nothing there. It's just sea. Are you sure we're in the right place? The GPS doesn't lie. It's all true then. There is no Australia. So where am I going to scatter my dad's ashes? Think about it, John. Your dad was Australian, yes? Yes. But Australia doesn't exist, so... So, so you are playing my dad all along. So, you are my Barry Humphreys is my dad. Hello, Sam. Barry Humphreys. I can't believe it. Oh look, it's so beautiful. Look at that big black beautiful seagull. Oh, it's not a black seagull. It's a black boomerang. What? In a press conference this morning, the Prime Minister of Great Britain has delivered an unreserved apology for what has been called the Great Australian Hoax. He also declared that any people still identifying themselves as Australians will be arrested and sent to the newly colonised prison island of Queenslandia. In business news, shares in Vegemite have fallen and unemployment has dropped in the bar and hospitality sector. Small Scenes starred Daniel Rigby, Carrie Ad Lloyd, Sarah Pascoe, Mike Wozniak and Henry Packer. It was written by Benjamin Partridge, Henry Packer and Mike Wozniak. The producer was Simon Mayhew Archer. <laughs>